the study of theology is the study of the word or the idea or the concept or the logic of God himself. Took me four years to read the Bible. I reckon I understand a great deal of it. Wasn't what I expected in some places. So I'm sad that we're not on the same page eschatologically. I wish Sam Storms and I were on the same page. Sam. So you believe in these kind of things? Let's just say I want to believe. Well, I know where he was converted. He was converted on the toilet. That, I, I like that one. We're you gonna would. To, you could say he was saying I was in the dumps, whatever. Just, well, which stall what? was he in? First John, second John, no, 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 third no, no, John. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let be careful here. He had bowel problems. He struggled with constipation. The argument among certain psychologists, he finally experienced relief with constipation. And in that moment of relief and deliverance, he suddenly... I wasn't getting that graphic. <laughs> he suddenly, you know, had this breakthrough discovery. And all of his fetid guilt, he released. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. It's uh, great to have you guys join us once again for our conversation about theology. I uh, started this uh, many years ago. Just, uh, just uh, it started as conversations because I like to have conversations with people about theology, and uh, and and I figured maybe we could record them and people could sit as the fly on the wall. You know, I don't, I don't really have that many opportunities. People, you, you may be surprised, but I don't really have that many opportunities just to talk all the time about to theology. Talk theology. Yeah, to, to other people that are peers. You're talking to students a lot and you're answering questions. But, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I, I find it as very important and part of my discipleship to be able to do this. Just, I mean... Being discipled, yeah. you know, like, because it's a mutual discipleship when yeah. you engage in these sort of discussions. Every once in a while you can call up people, people you know, you know, scholars that we have had at Credo House, and I might ask them a question and we get in a conversation for a long time. And it's always like, I wish I could have recorded this conversation because the back and forth and fun of it is uh, is so enjoyable, but I think it's so informative. But that's really what we're doing. So just sitting down with you guys, thanks for showing up mm -hmm. to Carrie and uh, Clint to have a conversation with me about theology. So the topic. Now I've kind of I've kind of kept it hidden, but it's not going to surprise anybody what the topic is with Easter coming up. But there, there's a question here. Here's the question that I want to pose and discuss for this time, and see what you guys think, because this is a little bit different. We we talk a lot about the defense of the resurrection. We talk a lot about a historical defense of the resurrection. We talk about giving evidence for the resurrection. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching Monday night, Wednesday night. Um, both those nights, uh, I am teaching on the historicity of the resurrection right now until uh, Easter. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's uh, something that, you know, it, it, from an apologetic standpoint, from a defending the faith standpoint, this is something that you want to hand over of first importance, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's being able to say, hey, let me show you something I've got. And, it, it, you know, we, want, we might want to talk other times about fun apologetic issues, more, more in-depth apologetic issues, issues about it, um, uh, existence of God, that kind of stuff. But if I, have, if I just have five minutes with you and you say, give me a quick defense of the reason why you believe in the resurrection. Because I'll, I'll start and I'll say, I'll say, 
it all starts with the resurrection and it all flows from there. If the resurrection is true, everything is true. So they say, okay, how do you defend the resurrection, all right? And just about with everything else, I can give an elevator conversation, right? Just, I mean, you ask me any theological question in, in the classroom, I'm getting pretty good at just being able to give you a good concise answer because we get so many of them that are the same. But I've never been able to give a good, solid, quick answer to this, right? Why do you believe that? Because for me, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to teach them all kinds of stuff before we begin to discuss this. There's all kinds of prerequisites. There's, there's you know, the, the um, uh, preamble of what we have to discuss about just history. And, and, and then, then at the end, it, does, it doesn't have the, the punch, the, the silver arrow that you really want, uh, want it to have like other things, right? You're look, you want a mic drop? Yeah, yeah. You just want to be done and say, "Boom! I, I'm done with this, and it's it's over." Well, it's, They're walking talk, away. Well, the, when convinced. you talk about the history is historicity of the <coughs> resurrection, I mean, there's there's so because there's so many aspects. Well, first off, there is the you know the historicity of the text that's surrounded. There is the nature of miracles that's part of it. There's um, the, who Christ is, because that's part of the resurrection. You know that He yeah. rose Himself from the grave, destroy this temple, and I'll you know raise it again in three days. So there's all of these components that you have to defend, as opposed to like you're saying these sort of single issue apologetic. Well, issues. and background understanding. I mean, if you say to somebody, "Look, here here is a really solid uh, piece of evidence by 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 the standards." you know, uh, with which people weigh the evidence. Like, they may not know what those standards like, are. And like, well, like the gospel records. Like that's an exactly. example. Exactly. That's a, like, that's the even, even better example, like, actually, they're, is well, that. Well, they're historical documents. But, but if someone have doesn't have the background and you say, here are, here are 5,000 and so on and such and such copies, you know, uh, whose dates are within, so many years you know, 40 years, the earliest, yeah. that means nothing. If they somebody don't understand that. Who doesn't have the background, why should they be impressed? For all they know, uh, everything else from the antiquity has twice that number. And it doesn't. And they're earlier. When in fact, once they learn that, no, this like, you know, five times over quintuples, you yeah. know, the best, and is uh, way the, closer to the, the proximity, uh, right. to the, then, then right. suddenly it's impressive. And so you're right. So what Michael's saying is his, quote, elevator conversation is going to have a hard time unless your elevator is going up to like you know six the six thousandth floor right. yeah, and, and with with stops unless you're in, in Trump Tower. with with a stop on <laughs> every button has been lit up between like, a, and then you could be like like you, elf you, yeah. <laughs> then you tell the elevator people over the next two hours I want to show you how <laughs> so yeah, yeah. get out your pens and papers folks to take notes and then when you get to floor six thousand you'd be like you know you can have your walk off moment. Mm -hmm. Well, say, I, so I just created an assignment for my students. This is new just, you know, a few days ago, and it's a makeup assignment, but I wish I would have put this in uh, a couple years ago whenever I started teaching this class. Uh, but it's it's give me some type of short 
way, you know, elevator conversation that you can defend the resurrection because we went through a class that is 30 sessions. There's just so much mm -hmm. to it from, you know, textual evidence to the historicity and understanding how we know a historical uh, document is historical and, you know, just it, everything that goes yeah. inside of that as well, like uh, uh, the the uh, embarrassing moments and what that means yeah. for the text, the, the multiple attestation. I mean, just and on the, and the on. the synoptic problem that isn't really a problem yeah. Yeah. that it's hard the harmony of the gospel for those for those good. who never notice that there are some differences right in the gospels right right like yeah. how that actually i went to church buttresses. for four went to church for 40 years i didn't realize right. there were differences but how that actually buttresses the case for their right. authenticity and their accuracy as opposed to yeah do you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to the, those who say, yeah. well, it contradicts. Yeah. Actually and some, you know, I, some so. people, some Christians, frankly, might say to us, you know, oh, you don't need it. Why, why do all that? I mean, uh, why not just, Believe. just, just proclaim it. Uh, you don't need all that stuff. Just proclaim it. Look, the apostles just proclaimed it. Well, there. Look, nobody here. I don't. I'm sure none of us would say you're not allowed to just proclaim it. Like, nobody here is saying uh, unless you have three hours and unless you give up, give them, put them through a class. Yeah. Uh, then, then you you, sh you should never speak it. Well, that would be dumb. Uh, furthermore, though, I think look, a lot of times the apostles, um, they did. They did, given their given the context of where they're speaking. I mean, you may not have and a lot of time. And the time frame. But listen, they're talking to people that knew what yeah, had happened. Yeah, think about how simple their defense was. Yeah, I how, saw him. Yeah, they, they, yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. Very so if you're Peter, it's saying, it's saying, you know, Agrippa, we know that these things haven't, or you know, these things haven't been done in a court. Yeah, this, yeah, you know what's going on and here. And Paul even went so far as to say, "What? Well, if it didn't happen, right? Then." We, I'm just saying, so we should be pitied. The fact we that should. Peter doesn't stand up in Acts and say, and give a modern day, that would be silly. You know, because for, he, he isn't well, he living. Didn't a, have to. He, he was there. All he has to say is, hey, me, well, think, that guy over there, and a few of us well, over think here. Of Thomas, we saw too. it. Well, think they're, they're experiencing, I think, one of the most important things, for me at least. If, if you were to ask me, um, it, it depends on who, who's asking, but if somebody were to ask me, you know, for this two minute conversation, uh, what would I give them? It depends. If, if you're somebody who's a believer already, I, I would give you what I, what I, what is more important to me, which is kind of the historical impact, you know, and that kind of tidal wave from history, uh, something significant enough had to have happened in order to create what has been created throughout history. But to make somebody understand what I mean by that takes a lot longer, right? Mm -hmm. But, but normally I may, I may, if it's somebody that is kind of struggling with their faith and I only got two minutes with them, I usually will bring up the death of the apostles and why would they mm -hmm. die for a lie? Right. Because I think that almost has, that, that's or the why gut would punch. they die for something they knew was a lie? Because a lot of people die for a lie. Sure. Yeah. So that's right. the caveat. That's that what, I'm sure that's what you meant. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. force of it. Yeah. You're right. It ha that, that argument has no force if you, if you say, why would people die for something that's simply not true? No, everything hinges on whether they knew it. Right. Yeah. Because, so if you want to say they were deceived or fooled in some way, okay, well, that's a whole different story. Yeah. But if you want to say that they, they got together and said, hey, guys, yeah. let's concoct a resurrection <laughs> narrative. Let's, we got to really stick to our guns and swear by it, okay? We're yeah. gonna, people are going to ask us, and we're going to say, no, no, I saw him. But then when they're about to you know, boil you or something, uh, you might reconsider. Yeah. 
you know. But, you know, and these are believers, too. If somebody's a believer and they're talking to me and they say that, and I say, you know, why would the apostles die for something they knew was a lie? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would say, well, specifically, you know, why would, I mean, we, we, we don't, and, and they might say, but how do we know, you know, the, are we sure, did all the apostles die? Because most people don't know what happened to the apostles, you know. Right. That, that's a good we question if you look on the internet. Tradition yeah. To, to, I mean, we know. Yeah, I mean, just church. Tradition. Well, I'm saying most average Christian today doesn't know. Oh, that's uh, that's a point of curiosity. It's, it's extra biblical, and so they don't. They that, yeah, yeah. It's something that might be most Google, evangelicals you know. probably don't know. Yeah. I guess Roman Catholics. Google yeah. 20 years after you've been a Christian, you're just scratching your head. I wonder what happened to these guys, you know? And mm-hmm. so you look it up, or mm-hmm. uh, but or somebody hands you Fox's Book of Martyrs, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you inform them and you you tell them, it seems to be from history that. Most of them, if not all, died for their faith, mm-hmm. right? Then, then all of a sudden, wow, you know, then, then there, there becomes a little bit more. Now, if you're talking to a skeptic, I mean, the problem with that is if somebody's a hardcore skeptic, you know, and you're in that elevator, um, you're, you're going back to point zero again because they say, you say they all died. Why would they die for something they knew was a lie? And they say, how do you know he died? They all died. And then you got to go back to the history yeah. issue. You know, you got to go right. back to the, what, well, what's skeptics, our sources? How early are our sources? How trustworthy are our sources? skeptics, I bypass all that. And I just hit them with this, the silver arrow of presuppositionalism. <laughs> That's what you're like. Then they're like, okay, wait a minute. Because you're getting down to their thought pattern. Yeah. But yeah, uh, presuppositional has never done me any good. Oh. <laughs> well, if they're skeptic, I'm trying to. If they're skeptic, I'm trying to convince them. But I mean, hitting different. Them on if you're their trying to steamroll them, yes, presuppositional. No, 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 no. Um, anyway. Well, the presuppositional um, thing never. Does, it's not prominent in this particular discussion because this is so empirically um, oriented. But yeah. but let's face it, presuppositions are always. At always play, at they're when always you're there. About, people have presuppositions of what evidence actually entails, yeah. and then you get down to that. I but mean, it, there's yeah. always that's yeah, what I'm and getting then, at. I understand though what you're saying in a, in an actual in a real conversation. We can talk all we want, but when you're actually discussing this with somebody, mm-hmm. um, you you have to account for all the possibilities. I mean, I mean, and I don't blame a person if they're on the outside and they don't know. They're only asking reasonable questions. If they say, "Yeah, well," um, are we sure that they uh, didn't make it up? Okay, well, here's where here's what they were willing to suffer for it. Well, so you know, I mean that that tell they people aren't stupid. They know they they have common sense. Kind of tells them that you probably wouldn't do that. It's it's the same reason I always say, you know, that the young um, radicalized Muslims, the young the young radicalized guys who blow themselves apart, I always say, look, uh, they. The best evidence that they truly believed this stuff they had been taught was what they did to themselves. Mm-hmm. Because you don't go blow yourself into a billion pieces in the prime of your life with the thought, you know, this probably isn't even true. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you just don't do that. And so, but they're obviously, we obviously, we, we clearly believe they're completely wrong. They They've been misled. So you could say that they were deceived somehow. But you can't. It would be hard to say they didn't believe it. If so, I and I, so we're kind of putting the pieces together. So it's fairly solid and reliable that they did travel the world, leave the comforts of everything they knew, put themselves through all this difficulty of of traveling in the ancient world to travel outside your culture like that and go as far as you know into parts of Asia, India, and so on uh, would be 
that's that's like blasting yourself into space. I mean, it, you're so far away, you almost will never come back and see anybody you yeah. you loved again. Yeah. So even if you didn't receive martyrdom, uh, it's kind of an extreme to go to for something that's a big a big hoax. Mm-hmm. Now, what did they have to gain from that hoax? That you were present and privy to present for yeah. and privy to, and the so. hoax wouldn't make wasn't making anybody rich. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. There's, they weren't no like argument for they that. weren't L. Ron Hubbard. They didn't stand to gain fortunes yeah. from yeah. this, you know, yeah. from from cooking this up. And so you you know you say, well, they they uh, they believed it, and the record seems pretty solid that they did do these things. So to me, you're kind of left with, could they have been fooled, and or could they have or could they have been simple people who. Um, mistook an apparition or something and by the way even even some of these uh really uh even some of the jesus seminarians you know some of the seminar like the remember jesus those old seminar, school guys like marcus yeah. borg and the guys. borg yeah yeah the borg those who were assimilated the uh, into the yeah. borg because resistance is futile but yeah, exactly. remember, remember the um what was the guy's name with the southern accent who would go around he was an Episcopalian of some oh, John sort. Shelby Spong. Shelby Spong. So old Spongster <laughs> with his southern gentlemanly accent. I remember hearing him. If we keep talking about him, there's gonna, I'm going to have to one long beep. <laughs> because beep. You're going to have to later beep out your... Yeah. I know. You, you feel about him about like most yeah, most exactly. traditional Christians that do. know who he is. But I, I'll never forget hearing him one time <laughs> in a resurrection debate with uh, with William Lane Craig. This is like years ago. So here you have a guy. It was an Easter debate, and they simulcast it. And I was in Utah at the time, and we, we got people together and watched it on a big screen. It was live. So here you have you know Craig doing the traditional, just the good old minimal facts. He's doing the resurrection argument thing. And what is Spong going to say? So here's Spong. He introduced himself. I'm a Christian minister with the Episcopalian Church, you know, and it's like, probably a lot of people thought, why do we have a Christian minister and a Christian minister debating the resurrection? Because Spong's take was this, the disciples had a Jesus experience. (laughs) That was his take. They had a Jesus experience. And, and he never said what it he never got more specific than that. When he was pressed by Craig, what, what do you mean? Well, as best I could interpret him, he was saying that God, because he believes in God, Spong claims maybe, to believe maybe. in God of some variety. <laughs> some kind of God. So, put it this way. Let's, let's, let's scale it back one more. He, be, he believes in something supernatural. He must. Yeah. Um, because they, all of them, had the same spiritual experience that made them believe that they saw him back from the dead. And there was a real spiritual experience. But that—that's you know, not, not that. Much they, they didn't take peyote. That's not that much different from mass hallucination. That who, who right. is it? Is it Crossan that believes John that Donald kind of Crossan. as well? He believes that probably they had they had an experience, a true experience of the real Christ in spiritual form. So it wasn't yeah. a bodily experience. So you got all well, that, kinds of things. All there. that is—that's just liberal. Theology, right? Yeah. It, it, There's nothing. It's, that's not new. That they somehow, and I don't know. And I, 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 yeah, well, it's hard to know what to do it with him insane. because he's because he really does believe Jesus yeah. rose and he's at heaven, sit on the right hand of God. You know, and he worships him. Well, no, who does? Believe, I think it's Crossan. Well, Cro- I didn't Crossan once say uh, the body of Jesus is probably thrown to the dogs. You know, I think he said that. Yeah, once. yeah, yeah. Maybe that. Uh, he, he does Carrie probably likes Crossan because he's. A, you probably like him because he's an Irishman. I do not like him because he's an Irishman. He, that doesn't get any points with you, huh? Not at all. Really? No. Okay. If he was from Northern Ireland, maybe. Well, I, you know, I shouldn't have said bit, that because I'd be a little less polemic well, towards him. Well, Spong sounds like he's from Georgia, and you hate him, oh, <laughs> so absolutely. that doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> Accents don't help these. But you know, I I wonder. I walked away from that Spong thing, and I thought. 
what does Spong gain from this cockamamie approach? And all best I could figure is that he wants to he wants to be thought of by I guess at the time a kind of materialistic world. He wants to be thought of as as at least credible because he's taking a nat- more naturalistic approach. As I said, I don't see how it's completely naturalistic yeah. uh, because somehow they all simultaneously had this experience. Well, it's not, but it, it's a, it, it's it's a it's physicalistic. It's an, well, what though. it is too, it's it's existential because it's focusing on this experience, their experience. and their emotions and their reactions. Right, and it's like um, it's this whole mindset that. Um, you know the naturalism, and that's how we can know the real world here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the you know the Jesus experience is up there in the ether. It's all the way up here. It's like you know like Plato and Aristotle. Yeah, right. Pointing here, pointing, pointing up, here and pointing up, and it's a false. It's false. And I, you know how I love Schaefer, and you know how I talk up. Yeah, you've got his story. trilogy right behind yes, exactly, me on this. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, that's it's that upper story, lower story thinking, and that's what it is. He was buying into the lie that belief in Christ is up here and it's not you know there's nothing really here that can can and there doesn't even need to be anything yeah, and, here that okay that okay cooperates. okay before we get too far into the individual deals I, w- I want to get back to this uh, just just this kind of elevator conversation right sure. um, I've seen a couple of them I've seen uh, Hank Hanegraaff has something out there like called maps I don't, I don't think it really works it's something about mar- uh, uh, manuscript archaeology right uh, I don't know. A couple other things that don't really. Oh, I have it over here. Hank Hanegraaff, you know, famously believing that the uh, that what's his what, what his definition of the Bible is. Can I say it in the Can I do it in the Hank voice? Yes. The Bible is the if I get it right, the divine repository of revelation. Isn't that how he puts it? That's or very good. Something like that. That right? was good. That's uncanny. Because the Bible answer man, you call my broadcast. We will talk about. You, yeah. You probably shouldn't do that too much more around me because I'm all. I might I might convert to Eastern <laughs> yeah. Orthodoxy if I keep talking that away. Okay. Hey so, so here here's maps, uh, manuscripts, um, archaeology. Uh, and then Bible reliability prophecy. Um, what what is it you're looking at here? Th- this is maps. Oh, M-A-P-S. this is this is this is the yes. And then statistics. I don't know the Hanegraaff approach. Right. Okay. I mean, another one. Of course, you guys, we all know about this one. I don't think it's communicable. I don't think you can communicate this very well at all. But that's the. You know the Michael Cohen and Gary Habermas's um, minimal minimal facts, minimal facts. kind of the least common denominator. Right. See again, that gets into unpacking all those facts. What so those many. Facts if you have time and somebody's that interested, well then sure, that's great. Well, and, and if you're trying to kind of again push and steamroll, maybe so you can use this because well, you don't push and steamroll. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to convince. You you're, try, you're trying. Right. You're acting as if this is a, a serious conversation that you're having and a lot of times it is with you know doubting christians and people that are struggling and they're talking to somebody else that have their faith uh, you know all messed up and so they're they're trying to grab a hold of something that uh really sticks and it, with the minimal facts approach basically you're saying you know all the, the you know what are the minimal facts that 90 percent of scholars agree upon whether they're liberal or conservative and you go through them and you say mm-hmm. i mean just think of a conversation like that 
because uh, 90% of all scholars that are liberal or conservative believe in yeah. the empty tomb, believe in you know the post-resurrection appearances, mm-hmm. or at least the, the disciples believed it, the death of Jesus, that kind of stuff. And it doesn't really, I don't think it has a punch at all. I don't think it really works, at least for me. It, it might, but it, I think it's good, though, ad hoc to clear away some things when they crop up. For example, not to not to make Carrie even more angry, but to bring this up. But for example, that you know the whole internet thing, where um, and this will come this will come around every resurrection season. You know, well, you know the Osiris myth. You know that. Oh yeah, every you know, time. What, what's, yeah. The, what's the nickname that whole thing has? Oh, there's, oh. A, there's a shortened name for that whole. For, there's a shortened that name for that that whole idea. There's it, it, something else I can't. It's not coming to my mind. You'll you'll come up with it. But the, you know the whole theory that oh there were so many resurrection, there were so many yeah. parallels. When all these ancient mystical religions had a Messiah who died and was born. It was born of a virgin first, yeah. and then he died. Yeah. And the was it sixteen crucified saviors? And then or yeah, all you that stuff. Heard of that late yeah, and and of course nonsense. I think to Michael's point, the stuff that that for let's face it, most people are kind of roll their eyes or they get bored if you start talking about ninety percent of scholars, blah blah. But for those people or people or Christian people, church going people who say, I'm bothered because you know. My atheist pal sent me this link, yeah, and it yeah. says that, well, then I think it's good to say, well, you know what? A whole lot of people think that's bunk, and guess who some of them are? Yeah. There's this guy, Bart Ehrman. Even he thinks that's bunk, yeah. Yeah. and he's anti-Christian, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? And so there it helps to just take um, an obstacle that doesn't need to be there that might just harass people, uh, harass Christians, or stand roadblock Questioners. Well, it is. Um, and and just kick it out is, of the here, way. Here's man. the problem. And clear, I, the, I think, clear the bowling lane. I think this is important what you've, what you've brought up here is because so many things out there get people uh, imbalanced um, whenever they do have the, these memes or these short videos or whatever it may be. You know, that, that I, I saw one where, you know, it's, it's just going through a big list that's rising through the screen and it's saying, did yeah. you know that this person had 12 disciples perform miracles? <laughs> so, you know, and it, it's not Jesus, you know, at the very end. And it, it was they, were all, they were all born the in the town of Bethlehem. By, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> by his own people. They were know? all from I mean, Galilee. From the house of David. <laughs> and, and, and I think there was like 30 of them. I think there was like 30 of them that, that Rose, the tribe of Judah. <laughs> I, I can tell you, it does get people really messed up whenever they yeah. see that stuff. And that's their elevator conversation. Dishonest, as it may be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure none of them that created those videos or, or really believe in it and push it have the... Uh, they they can't they couldn't have the integrity that we're trying to have as we sit here and right. say we need to be honest we don't want a short video that just you know mm-hmm. says, says, even you might be able to make a video that says here's all the way the apostles died you know but at the same time when we really study it we're not sure about a lot of them mm-hmm. right we're not sure uh, how they died or sometimes even if they died that you know it comes down to maybe we could get to three and say we can have right. real strong proof about uh, or evidence about uh, Paul and Peter and James, but for the rest of them, it's it's harder uh, than those. But y- y- we're not trying to be dishonest like they are. But at the same time, we want to respond to that and try to reestablish someone with something real yeah. quick and easy. And that's the difficulty that I've had is mm-hmm. that I don't have anything, and I try. 
uh, I, I've tried recently to put something together and uh, research it more, and that's why I give my students the the um, uh, that assignment. I'm hoping to get back. You hope something they'll help you, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I just told them to take all the course material and summarize it into some type of acronym or some type of alliteration or some memorable way that can be communicated to someone else. And and uh, then you can steal it. Then I'm stealing How it. About I am, if it's good. JB. Just believe. You just believe. Like, yeah, because you know. after all, I mean, I mean, when Peter was uh, or Paul were asked about this, they said, "You ask me how I know he lives." Yeah. Yeah. There you go. He lives within my heart. You, should, you should not mock hymns, it's by a, the way. It's but a beloved, that's a beloved hymn. It is a beloved hymn, but it it just always reminds me of. Uh, it, it, well, didn't we have our discussion once about fideism, and we said. This is the hymn. Yeah. It's well, the Fidei's hymn. The, the thing you know? is, though... Um, the rest of it isn't necessarily, I think. Yeah, like but the, that the, song... The verses. That does actually encapsulate yeah. a certain aspect well, sure. of Christianity. Yeah, we're being, we're being facetious. Sure. We're being facetious. In fact, sure. you would find some of the most... Uh, some of the most... Some of our most intelligent kind of, you know, Christian heroes in the past... You know, you could you could find in their writings them write saying things about, like that. Well, I mean, even even a particular yeah, sure. aspect, a particular aspect may be this right. as well, where you where you stop and you say, you know, I just know that I know, you know, I, and there there is some truth to that. Mm -hmm. it, what what it is is there's all kinds of things that have come into my life, and whether I'm aware of them all or not, whether it's evidence or just emotion <laughs> yeah. or experience, well, personal just, well, experience, things that I've heard from other people, and those all agglomerate into one big. I know. Well, you know, it's an emotion. Yeah. That, that <laughs> absolute certainty, emotional or intellectual certainty, is not a component to knowing something to yeah. to, to to justify your belief. But it's but so. it's a component. Right. It's a component that they get dislodged and they want back. That's right. what happens. Right. People people want to go to bed at night. Which you know, look, Com the, com the, comforted. things like we said, this this one piece. These, if you arm people, if if you if you equip people with just some of this knowledge, and I'm talking about Christians, of course, then then as they go out into the world, if they just have some of these things, they may never draw them out of the holster. But when they are, when they, you know, when it comes around at work, They're at school, prepared. wherever, they you you pray that they'll remember, and they'll go, wait a minute. I remember that yeah, and what you just said and, 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 and any hearers because they can cast some scatter some yeah. light out there in their classroom and in their workplace and wherever because they yeah. were equipped in this yeah. way yeah. and most Christians let's face it never having had any equipping like this will be in the hurt and and it would be painful for us to overhear how it goes in those circumstances yeah. when these things are brought up yeah. and what will the Christian say the Christian will probably just have to fall back to he lives within my heart. Yeah, they just don't have anything else, and and that's true. Oh, for you know, it's true. But well, everyone else, in a, in a everyone else will just go, yeah, are sure. You, are you okay that is true, but that's not that? the basis for why we believe it. It is true. It might leave the heart, false impression the with the with the skeptic true. and the spectators might be left with a false impression that, oh, I see. They're, they in fact, and you know what they might think? They might think, oh, I see. This is like they wouldn't know spong, but I'm saying like they're going to. They might think that you have a spong-like view, like all this comes down to is I had a personal experience. Yeah, and that's which is part of my problem is is that subjectivizes it. And I remember, I remember afterwards. I also another thought that occurred to me after that about that spong thing is I thought, what what's terrible about this is it actually robs the resurrection of the. It's the whole <laughs> point is that this is an an audacious 
once you know once in history kind of miracle yeah we 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 should never back off just what an outlandish claim this is yeah but what spong was doing like you said in in making it something that's more commonplace like look bodies don't rise from the dead but people do have spiritual experiences right well okay well what what does that do with this resurrection thing it just makes it like it just makes it one out of a billion experiences so basically the resurrection being the singular event which Paul says without which every one of us are pathetic, miserable, sad fools. You know? And instead of making it that, it's just like, oh, you know, just like the Buddhist has the experience over there about you know and this you know the ancestor Which worshiper has so hey guys experience. guys we're, we're running out of time okay. we're gonna have to pick this up next time because okay solve a lot it more there's a lot solve more. it right no, now you got one minute more. fix there's it too much more elevator so going one foundational floor. we're yeah, actually okay. gonna yeah. get into I want to get into something I want to get into, he wants to get into I, something. I'm, I'm actually taking notes as you guys don't oh we'll get into because, something all right because I want to I I really do want to solve this I mean I not solve it not solve it but but come up with something that I feel comfortable enough to where I say, you know, I can get in these elevators and I can hand like, them over something what, substantial what, what is it that, that is true really... that they can carry with them. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Theology Unplugged, let me tell you about some of the other resources we have available. Visit us online at credohouse.org and browse over 2,000 articles on everything from the Crusades to gay marriage. Sign up for email updates and get the latest news, event announcements, and special deals before anyone else. Connect with us on social media. Just search Credo House on Twitter and Facebook. And you can always email us at theologyunplugged at credohouse.org. We want you to be part of the Credo community. Please partner with us in making theology accessible and pushing back the intellectual attack on Christianity. Thank you.